You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we're coming to you from Tasmania right across Australia. Each weekday at 9am you can hear what the Bible says about past, current and future events. You can learn how to study the Bible more effectively and get to know who God is, why we're here and where we're going. And you can experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host, Jason Cook, and today we have Tamika Sporting joining us all the way from Port Sorrell. Welcome, Tamika. Hello, Jason. How are you? I'm really good today. It's good to have you back with us. It's been a little while. I think the last time you were with us was on the 6th of May, where you did a program called A Time to Bear Witness. We've taken a break. You've been up to a number of things, which I'm going to ask you about. And uh, it's good to have you back with us on uh, Connecting the Dots today, which uh, Connecting the Dots is all about how our faith really lives out in real life, how it works in practice. So it's great to have you sharing with us today, Tamika. Tell us a little bit about what you've been up to uh, in the last couple of months. Yeah, it's been a, a pretty busy time, actually, of of writing for me. Um, I've been doing some courses with Writing Mastery Academy and learning how to fast draft and um, fast draft a novel, and um, doing some character development. So yeah, my latest project with my novel um, it'll be a, a YA novel about um, a heroine and with the theme grace. So I'm really excited about that. So just remind us what YA means. Uh, YA means young adult. Right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Just for the people who are ignorant like me. <laughs> yes. Um, so that's exciting. And yeah. uh, you've been doing some uh, courses, training and things like that? Yeah. And then in the last, just the last couple of days, I've um, gone to a Christian writers retreat, which was held via Zoom in America, in Detroit and Los Angeles. And so we started the retreat at 11:30 at night and went through till 6 a.m. so wow that was that was a fun ride mm. of um, doing two all-nighters it's um, yeah. uh, it's it's the cost you have to pay if you want to participate in things that are run on the opposite side of the world yeah but definitely worth it yeah awesome Awesome. Well, it's good to have you back. And uh, I will just remind our listeners, our show number, Tassie Encounters, we have a special show number that you can text us in on. It's 0488 880 Write that down somewhere. Um, we will use that later in the program where you can claim a free book offer. Now, uh, if you'd like to give us feedback, if you'd like to respond to our questions, um, this program is actually a recorded program, so we won't be able to read your answers on air, but you will still you be, be sure that uh, we will read your messages and uh, perhaps in our next program we may share uh, what you've sent to us. So please do still uh, text us in if you've got some answers for us or some suggestions or ideas or questions or whatever you've got. So Tamika, today, what are we going to be talking about? What's the topic well, today I've entitled it Mistaken Identity. Uh, just recently, I was, um, well, my identity was mistaken and it got me thinking about identity. And I have realised after reading lots of different theories about what identity is, it's, it's a bit of a minefield of a topic. Mm. And um, yeah, that we all know that humans are quite complex. And that was something that I really, really realised after doing a little bit of um, digging and research into what what that word identity means, mm. and today we're going to be looking about you know our identity and 
our identity in Christ. Awesome. So uh, how would you define identity? Well, by dictionary definition, it says the fact of being or the characteristics determining who or what a person is. And we often, you know, give people a summary of who we are when we first meet them. Um, You know, when we introduce ourselves, um, you know, it's just an easy way that we can put labels on ourselves so that others can quickly know, you know, who we are. Mm. Uh, You know, things like Christian, mother, teacher. Um, and then we often have, with that label, some kind of evidence to support that that claim. You mm. know, a thing like a certificate, a reputation, uh, a child, if we're a mother, you know, that, that kind of thing. Mm. And uh, I think for men it's very common to automatically identify with their profession as well. You know, I'm a plumber or an accountant or whatever it is, you know, radio presenter. I think um, often for men, their identity is very much connected to their profession, what they do at work. Yeah, and and it is an important, um, it often is a very important part of, of who we are. Um, and just to clarify, um, to help with some understanding, there's, you know, some other words that go with identity. Um, so we have personality, which is the way in which we protect, we portray or live in our identity Mm. and they're things like what we wear um how we speak um all the external things Mm -hmm. and then we have our character which is the mental and moral uh, qualities distinctive to us um they're things like you know uh integrity reliability trustworthiness you know everything internal Mm. so um how do we form our sense of identity do you think well, there's lots of ways that we can um, form identity. Um, the, you know, internal and external factors like society, family, uh, loved ones, our ethnicity, race, culture, where we live, uh, opportunities that we we might have, uh, media, interests, appearance, uh, self-expression. And just our life experiences is a really big one. So so complex when you when you have a think <laughs> yes. about all of those things that uh, go together to form, I guess this sense of who we are. It uh, it's a very complex thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so uh, I guess the other thing to think about is over time in our life, um, I guess our identity changes as we grow, as we mature. Uh, as yeah, we well, this grow is. Up. <clears throat> something I really enjoyed researching because we would have believed that our identity changes because as we do have life experiences, um, you know, we might move house, we move into a different social circle. Uh, As we age and mature, um, our character develops and grows and it would appear that our identity becomes, you know, more nuanced and complex and reflects those changes and insights. Mm. Um, And that's mainly seen by others through our personality, which of course goes back to our external um, way of portraying that identity. Um, But as we move through today's program, I'm going to look closer into that. Does our identity actually change? Okay. Um, We'll just continue our program just for now. We were uh, probably almost going to go to a break, but we'll just keep talking for a little bit. You know, we've talked about how complex um, it is and uh, all the different places or the different aspects of our life that uh, contribute to our identity. But um, I guess talking to you about identity, I'm going to ask you the question, 
Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we are going to explore a few um, a few ways of, of who tells us our identity. And yes, self is one of them. We're also going to look at Satan, others, and God today. Mm-hmm. And who am I? Well, I think we should... Um, Start back right at the beginning, uh, when I was a child, um, teen, young adult. Um, you know, I grew up in Adelaide uh, until I was 18 years old, went to a primary school and I learnt the piano, loved to sing. I went to high school and gained a scholarship for music and played woodwind instruments and percussion and um, I was in a lot of ensembles and bands and choirs. And we performed in Adelaide events with visiting artists and that was a huge part of who I was and the people around me knew that's that was who I was. I loved God. I went to Pathfinders. Um, I attended various Seventh-day Adventist churches and um, physically I was very slim. Um, I was often sick so people knew that that I was um, quite slim. A doctor actually used to give me medication to help me put weight on mm. um, and I struggled academically. I hated reading. I hated writing. Um, the worst thing that I could think of was sitting under a tree and reading a book. And, but I've always loved to talk, so that's that's remained. So my identity in, as a child, young adult, was that I was a musician. I was a Seventh-day Adventist, a pathfinder. I was very slim. Um, I was asthmatic and not very academic. Mm. Uh, so that's kind of the labels I would put on myself. And as a young adult, uh, I moved to Tasmania for the Pinnacle of Terror, which was, um, you know, a different state, new social group. No one knew anything about me. So for, you know, a period of time, I was the Pinnacle Girl. Mm. So no one knew I was a musician. Um, no one knew my former identity. I kind of started again. And... Um, we we covered uh, a lot of that period of, in a previous we program did. of yours. Or we, I think we did a three-part series on uh, finding love and purpose, and that's all about how you came to Tasmania. So yeah. um, we will go to a break now, but uh, okay. we'll come back and continue talking more about your identity as a young adult. It'll be good to uh, explore that further. This uh, next song is Callum Enterman and Kemi Ogendi with How Can I... Throw it all up, but always catch the pieces Now let's catch a breath, you've been running for so long Put you down on all fours, sure there's something that I miss Have holes, but they never miss a thing. I know you're tired, I know you're scared, but all your honey won't get you there. How can I make you love me like I love you? How can I make you want to want me to? How can I? How 
to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and today we're speaking with Tamika Spalding on the topic of mistaken identity. Now, we haven't yet asked you a question, but we're going to do that now. Um, we, we know that this is not a live program, but we still love you to think about these uh, questions that we ask and text us in. We may share some of this on a future program. So where do you get your identity from? How do you introduce yourself when you meet someone new, we'd love to hear from you and uh, love to know what you think of this topic of identity. So text us in on 0488 880891. That's 0488880891. Where do you get your identity from? How do you introduce yourself when you meet someone new? Now, Tamika, we were at the stage of your young adult years, you'd moved to Tasmania and I think you were known as the pinnacle of terror girl, you were saying. Yes. Yes, so, so I moved here so and was, it was as... That was sort of a, a new identity for a period of time. As if, yeah, as if I started all over again. Yeah. So, um, yeah, initially that was quite freeing because, you know, you get to start all over again. But then, um, yeah, you realise that... Um, 
it's hard sometimes to communicate who you are and what you enjoy doing because you've started again and they don't know you um, and it takes time to get to know someone. So, yeah, mm. I now was known rather than a, a musician um, and a, um, you know, those things that I was known very well for in in Adelaide um, wasn't known. And um, one thing that that I was doing in Adelaide, I was regularly driving an automatic car and when I moved to Tasmania it was a manual car so I I learnt to drive a manual car over that whole 12 months by observing. Mm. Um, So I was known to be the pinnacle girl that was a bad driver Um, (laughs) and I also was a lot healthier in Tasmania and so it was the first year I'd ever experienced that um, asthma was, was something that that had run my life and now I was in Tasmania, it, it wasn't um, near as, um, you know, there. So so I was healthier and that allowed me to put on some weight, which was a good thing. But when I went back to Adelaide, it was noted, oh, she's, she's put on weight. Um, so that became um, different. And the good thing is I love to talk um, and I still like to talk then, so that was good. Um, so my identity was... Pinnacle of Terror Girl, Bad Driver, Seventh Day Adventist. I was still doing Pathfinders, so I was known for Pathfinders. I was slim um, and a talker. And then I hit my um, 20s, and that's when I went to uni and I studied teaching. Uh, I taught at the Northwest Christian School, um, which is in the northwest of Tassie. Um, It's a Seventh Day Adventist school, which I loved. Uh, Still a Pathfinder. Um, I've as I've talked to previously uh, about meeting Luke, um, mm. I met him. And my, uh, we dated, got engaged, got married, had children, and um, I did have some health issues there and um, asthma started to return. It's it come back um, quite severely. So my identity at that point, teacher, I was a good driver now. Uh, I was Seventh-day Adventist, Pathfinder, youth leader, a mother, a wife, and at this point, because of my health issues, I was put on some medication um, that everyone knows uh, when you're on things like um, prednisolone and steroids, you mm. you can retain fluid and put on weight. So I was now, for the first time in my life, overweight and still a talker. <laughs> so now- some, I, I can see a pattern <laughs> here. I can see a pattern here. There's, there's some things that remain and yes. some things that change. That's right. Uh, and now we get to who I am uh, today in my 30s. Uh, I'm almost 40. Um, so I decided in my 30s, late 30s, that I liked reading and writing and now I'm studying it full time and I'm writing a novel. So that's been a, a huge change. Uh, I'm still married, um, you know, 16 years. Uh, I have children, uh, have health issues, and now I'm doing guest speaking on Faith FM. I work in the writing and screenwriting area, and I have a ministry called His Herd, which interviews um, people and shares their stories. So my identity at the moment is I'm a writer, I'm a student, a wife, a mother, presenter, storyteller, Seventh-day Adventist, I'm overweight, and you still, still a talker. You still like to talk. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Very good. Um, so, uh, so all of this, I guess, identity. Uh, the question I'm going to ask now is: 
is that um, is that where we leave it, or is there more to it than that? Well, we often categorise ourselves because, as I said earlier, it's an easy way to understand who we are um, for our own knowledge, and it's also a quick way to tell someone else who we believe we are. Um, we, we become more relatable, um, we find social groups quicker, and I use the word believe we are because it does fall back on our own opinion of ourself. Mm. And, and these labels can be very helpful, um, but they do run a few risks. Um, we can get stuck in those labels and that doesn't serve us well. And more importantly, if we find our circumstances change or if we lose a loved one, our job, uh, a limb, um, I've got a friend that uh, recently had his leg amputated and um, he was a sportsman and he, um, you know, that changed his whole mm. whole world, um, which had an impact on his identity. Um, and things like, you know, if we have accidents and when we're not, when we're stuck in those labels and we're not prepared for change, um, that's when we have things like identity crises. Yeah. I was just going to... Um say a few things about that because I think yeah. when we when we are so identified and, and our identity is a very important thing you know I think mm. it's a big thing it's a big part of you know who we are and, and what have you and I think if we get very attached to these ways these labels as you call them or these categories that we that we put ourselves in and if say for example for many men they um very strongly identify with their work and their career. Well, what happens then if they lose their job? Then, of course, they have an identity crisis because they don't have a job anymore. Or what happens if, you know, sometimes I think this is very common um, in marriages and in families, we identify with our family situation. So I'm a husband, I'm a mother um, or whatever. And then what happens if something happens and, you know, perhaps somebody dies or, you know, uh, Sometimes, unfortunately, people separate, then we can completely lose our identity as that uh, process un unveils itself, you know, as, as we discover, well, hang on, I don't have what I identify with anymore. I've lost my job, so who am I? Yeah. It's, it's difficult. Right. I think that's this whole identity crisis thing. And uh, I think, you know, me personally, I've been through that uh, before in my life as well, so... Mm, so, so why why is it so difficult for us to uh, understand and discuss identity? Do you think? Well, so far we've talked about things that the other people know about us. You know, if if someone is is married and then they, you know, unfortunately separate, that's something that somebody else knows. Um, they might not know all the ins and outs, but they know that that someone separated. Mm. But then there are, um, and that's just an example of, of things that happen externally that others notice. But there are other things where we don't, um, we don't share parts of ourselves with everybody because um, it's difficult. Things like, um, you know, a survivor of an illness or a trauma that we can't discuss or um, for me personally, I've experienced miscarriage and I identify um, as a mother of eight children, um, because I've had four miscarriages, but I don't often share that with others. So for everybody, they know I have four children, mm. which I'm so grateful for. But, um, you know, these things happen. I've got an auntie who 
um, has three children that, that we knew she had three children. And then one Christmas, um, two adult boys showed up um, at Christmas and we we found out as a family that she had actually had two children um, when she was a teen and had lived in the house with my dad and my my dad had never noticed that she'd gone through two pregnancies and and she'd given birth just near Christmas um, to one of them. And, you know, Christmas time was always sad for her and we never could understand why. And so, you know, when these two boys um, showed up as adults uh, and we found out what that was, you know, we could understand now what, what her struggle was, but she couldn't openly talk about it at the time. And, um, and so I think discussing um, identity in those terms, the things we keep to ourselves, is is difficult. Um, and I also um, I love the quote that Mary Cole um, from a writing retreat that I recently went to says, she says, we all have a sense of identity, whether or not it's correct, helpful, or how we see, see us. Um, or how the world uh, sees us. Or how the world us. sees yeah. us, mm. sorry. So, yeah, it's a complex, it's a very complex thing. Mm. And, of course, uh, if we have a negative self-identity, that's a very destructive <laughs> thing. And sometimes we might have an identity that's uh, perhaps uh, beyond what it should be as well, and that can be destructive in our lives. So it is a very complex topic. Um, remember our question, where do you get your identity from? How do you introduce yourself when you meet someone new? We are going to have a free book offer coming up. The book is titled Authentic. We will talk about that a little bit more in our next section. But right now, we're going to go to this song. It's called Who Am I by Chosen Road. Who am I that the Lord of all the earth Would care to know my name Would care to feel my hurt Star would choose to light the way from my ever wandering heart, not because of who I am, but because of what you've done, not because of what I've done, but because of who you are. I am a flower quickly fading here today.
As the encounters on Faith FM, and today we're speaking with Tamika Spalding. This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. Now, Tamika, we've been talking about identity, and uh, earlier you mentioned that we can uh, get our identity, or we can we can listen to who tells us our identity from different places. One being self. Uh, you mentioned others, including Satan, other people, and God. Um, I think we've spoken a little bit about our self-identity, so I guess next on the list is Satan um, and how he can influence our idea and our sense of identity. Would you like to unpack that a little bit more for us? Yeah, so I don't want to give him too much airtime, but mm. I think for me personally, I struggle to trust myself and so sometimes when you're um, thinking about self-identity, you can be unsure of your own identity analysis, if you want to put it that way. So, you know, you question it. And this opens the door for Satan to have an opinion. You know, he's quite happy to sneak ideas in that you sometimes think are coming from you. Um, and then, you know, obviously there's there's other ways where, um, you know, Satan can can influence that that identity, um, you know, through some, you know, things that you watch or things that you consume. So it's something that you you need to always be before God um, to prevent that, basically. Mm. Mm. I think um, Satan's objective is to pull us down and to um, devalue us, and <laughs> uh, I think it's a dangerous thing when we go down that path of listening to those 
the voices that uh, yeah. discourage us. So, In those times, you know, you were talking about when we lose a job, for instance, and if you've got that, that thought that that might sneak in there, that you are only that job, mm. uh, you cannot be anything else. Mm. Well, that's not... That's not of God. No, no that's not um, a thought that's coming from any good place. And so you know, well, that's not true because God has given me a range of gifts and, and abilities and, and this doesn't define me. So you can just wipe that off straight away. Mm. So um, how about others? You know, we often um, listen to the perspectives and opinions of others and what they say about us. How does that weigh in? Yeah, well, you can still feel unsure about yourself, and so we do ask others. And, you know, you can have that internal conflict going on, and, you know, this can lead to others' opinions, can lead to lots of ideas, depending on the particular, you know, social group or person that you've asked. And it can often leave to more, you know, leave you with more confusion. So this... this um I guess, leads to an idea that it's important about who we do seek counsel from. You know, I guess another way to put it is it's important who our friends are because if if they're giving us good ideas and good thoughts, then that's good. But if they're not, then it's not so good. That's right. So um, what I am saying here is uh, it is healthy to talk and it is healthy to, to ask other people's opinions, but you do need to ask the right the right people. So mm. if you're if you've got a trusted friend or a family member or you're working with a professional like a counselor, mm. awesome. Um, but if you're going to a social group that you're trying to impress and they're not the healthiest people to get opinions from, then you know that can really backfire and, and lead to confusion. Mm. Absolutely. So um have you um got something specific to share in this area? <laughs> Yeah, well, I call today's um, program Mistaken Identity because mm. I do have a story. Uh, I was in Adelaide very recently and my mum has been in hospital. And so I thought I'd go and visit my mum in hospital. And in my mind I thought, you know, you just turn up at the hospital, you walk in and you, you go and visit. And this is a hospital I was very familiar with when I was a child. And, you know, <laughs> you don't realise how... Um, how hospitals change in their appearance and, you know, they've done upgrades and all sorts of things since since I was a regular attendee there. So mm. it looked quite different. And because of COVID, uh, um, they have a lot of – they had a lot of different uh, things in place that was, you know, not familiar to me. So I turned up at the hospital and I had to sign in and, and you know, you sign in with your phone and then I had to sign in um, manually with – and give them my my full name and my date of birth um, because they had restrictions on who could come into the hospital and how long. So they currently had a rule uh, you could stay there for a maximum of two hours with one visit from one person per day. Mm-hmm. And so they had to get information about who I was and how long I was there so that, um, you know, that I was staying and no one else was coming in. Um, so, yeah, so I came in, signed in, and then I was escorted to a hospital staff member that had a yellow shirt on um, that would actually, you know, take you to wherever you needed to go. You didn't just come into the hospital and, and take yourself to the wards. You were escorted, which was a bit different. And so I told the 
the gentleman where I needed to go? And he said, oh, yes, I, I know where that is. So he took me there and because there are so many people that were waiting to be escorted, he basically dropped me off at the ward and left straight away. And so I went up to the desk and the lady at the desk um, said to me, oh, I'm really sorry, but you're actually in the wrong ward and I'll need to take you to another ward. You can't go by yourself. And she said, but I can't come to you right now because um, there were two patients that were very ill. Um, one was, you know, vomiting and um, another was actually hemorrhaging. And so there was a distance between us because these two patients were quite ill and, and you know, things had to be cleaned up before she could come over to me. So she said to me, while you're waiting, go and stand just in the corner near the door, which was locked, and I'll come to you um, when I can. So I, I waited at that door for a few minutes and another lady, a nurse, came over to me and she said to me quite abruptly, uh, you need to be back in your bed right now. Uh, you're not to be here. And I was a bit uh, shaken up because I thought, oh, uh, what? What, <laughs> and, what um, bed? <laughs> she gave me permission to take myself or she would um, have me escorted back to my bed um, by a security guard. And she was quite adamant that she was serious. Mm. So I started to kind of say to her, look, I think you've got me wrong. I'm, I'm not the person you think I am. And because she didn't want to look silly, um, she didn't have a bar of it. Mm. I, I don't care what you're saying. I, I'm not going to be tricked by you. Um, we were tricked yesterday. This is not, um, you know, we don't believe what you're saying. So I couldn't prove who I was. I didn't have a voice of, you know, <laughs> that I'm actually Tamika. I'm not the person you think I am. And so it kind of all got a little bit um, serious. Mm. And the funny thing for me was she said to me that I fitted the description because she'd just come on ward for the day. She'd never met me or seen me before, but she had a description of who I was. And that description was plainly dressed, average height, obese. And so I ticked all those boxes. And um, and so, you know, I, I couldn't prove to her other than that. Um, and so in the end, I um, the only out that I had was to get my Medicare card out and my driver's licence out and show her who I was. And when she saw on my, you know, on my documentation that I was actually Tamika, she was horrified mm. at the way she spoke to me. Mm. And what I found really interesting in that is that I got out of that situation not because of my reputation, not because of, um, you know, anything else other than my name. Mm. And when the nurse um, finally came around to escort me to my mum, um, yeah, she, she took me and my mum was, you know, my mum wasn't lost um, and, and she she was happy to, to see me. And the thing was, if I hadn't have been able to prove who I was um, to this nurse, um, but she gave me the opportunity to be taken to my mum, my mum would have been able to identify me. She would have said, yes, this is my daughter. I know her and and would have been able to to claim me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, yes, we, we often um, we don't think about that aspect of it is that we, th we think only that uh, well you know I've got my passport I've got my driver's license this is who I am but uh, of course um, someone else who knows you can identify you quickly and easily 
We are going to go to another break soon, but I did mention a book offer that we're going to be giving away. Three copies of this book today. It's called Authentic by Scott Ward. If you've ever wanted a genuine, thriving relationship with Jesus but didn't know exactly what to do to make it happen, this book was written for you. Even if going through the motions has left you empty, if reading the Bible and praying are just two extra items on your daily to-do list, if you feel far from God, there is hope. The solution isn't praying longer or reading the entire Bible in a certain amount of time, although praying and reading your Bible are essential to an honest-to-goodness relationship with Jesus. Real relationships involve two-way communication and a connection that inspires actual feelings. Cold, hard facts don't produce love, after all. Within these pages, you'll discover how to come heart-to-heart with Jesus in the Scriptures and experience a lifelong journey with Him. We will give you the code right after the break, but right now, this is Melissa Otto with Who Is This? my Lord who fought 
to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and today we are finishing up our program with Tamika Spalding on the topic of mistaken identity and we've just listened to the story that uh, Tamika told about her mistaken identity uh, in the hospital. That would have been a really uh, interesting experience but quite a challenging one I imagine. Before the break I promised to give you the code for our book offer today. The book offer is called Authentic and it's really about how we can have a an authentic, genuine relationship with Jesus. We'd love to give you a copy of this book, but we've only got three to give away. So the first three in with the code CONNECT14. CONNECT14, no spaces. Text that into 0488880891. And uh, hopefully you'll be able to claim this book offer. First three in. Connect 14, 0488880891. So Tamika, in all of our, our discussion, I'm just wondering if you have come to any new ideas or new understandings about what identity now means to you. Yes. Um, I'm very thankful that this happened because until until this happened with mistaken identity, this story at the hospital, I hadn't really thought about I thought about it. Um, and what I realised is you can't prove your identity to anyone. You know, if they, they don't listen or they don't believe you, then there's nothing else that you can do. And you can't, you can't really prove much about yourself at all. You know, what, what you do, who you are, what your intentions are, you know, what your relationship with people are like, what your relationship with God is like. You know, so much of that is, um, you know, woven, uh, in, it's not in secret, but in private. And I think what really stood out to me at the time um, was I was trying to prove to a particular group of people that, you know, I absolutely loved God and I had a relationship with God and I wanted them to know that it was genuine and that, you know, I, I was, you know, studying the Bible and that I was talking with God and I couldn't prove to them uh, that. And I got a bit hung up about that for a while because um, I suppose I fall back um, and maybe some listeners are the same, is I want to uh, not just live my life well and genuinely, but I want to look like I do that too. Mm. And at the end of the day, we can't we can't prove that. Um, it It'll come from us and it will be seen when people are looking but if people aren't looking or willing to listen or willing to see, it, you just can't. Mm. And I guess that's um, where our book offer comes in today too, isn't it? <laughs> that it's that authentic relationship with Christ that that uh, authenticity comes through when it's genuine and uh, when when people can see, you know, not not from you telling them, but from what they observe. That, that's <clears> right. And the other thing that I, I loved was, you know, I thought you go to the hospital, you walk in. And I was just going to see my mum straight away. Mm. And we had all these, um, you know, side, this side story that I wasn't expecting, you know, an unhelpful help. Um, I wasn't sure where I was within the hospital because it had been renovated. Um, I was brought to the wrong place. I was left by myself. Um, you know, I had a few obstacles. And I think this is really a good illustration on how the real world works and mm. how, you know, we expect things to be simpler than what they are. But, um, you know, my mum was never 
lost. She was just waiting for me to come and visit her. Mm. And I think that's true with God is that he's not lost. He's just waiting for us to come. And, you know, it just made me realize that whether I stood there knowing for sure who I was in that, that hospital in front of that nurse and I was confident in everything I was doing or I stood there very, you know, unsure um, and didn't know much about myself at all, it that didn't change that I was my mother's daughter. And that's the same for us with God. You know, it doesn't matter how well or how confident or how great or, you know, it doesn't matter. We're just standing there, our identity is in God. Um, so, you know, I, I just love that, that it's, um, you know, we don't have to worry um, and we don't have to get stuck in labels and tags and categories and reputations or appearances. We don't have to try um, to prove you know? it to people. <clears throat> Uh, it's it's it says it all just in our name. Mm. And I've got a passage here, um, if you can read that out for us, um, from uh, John one eleven to thirteen. Jason. Yeah, it says he was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Yeah, I picked this verse because I love that the only thing we need to do to have our identity in Christ, I mean, our identity is in Christ. It's just a fact. Mm. We don't have to try to be Christ, you know, it's just a fact. But what we do need to do, what the part we play is to accept that and to accept that Jesus, you know, died for us and that he has um, offered eternal life and we just need to hold on to that and have faith um, in that. Mm. And so, you know, that verse really explains that, you know, we just need to to take and receive the gift that God's given to us because our identity is in, in Christ. Believe in his name and uh, John 3.16, whosoever believes in him. <laughs> it's, uh, it seems too simple, doesn't it? It, it does. And I have um, a few other verses that I love also that, you know, shares with us that ultimately, yes, we belong to him, that we are his children um, and we will not ever have a mistaken identity with God. Mm. Um, so we've got a couple of verses here. Psalm 46 verse 10 says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. That's the uh, New King James Version. And I think you want me to read it in the American Standard Version as well. Yes, because I love how it starts. Uh, we've been talking about proving. Yeah. Um, and, and this one says it well, I think. It says, stop striving and know that I am God. I will be exalted on earth. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that the big uh, take home that I'd like our listeners to understand is that, you know, we don't need to prove ourselves in any life situation um, to ourselves, to Satan, others, or even God. You know, we are asked to be still in God. He knows us. We belong to him. Our identity is in him. And he's got us covered. And so even though we might change in our occupations, in our social groups, in our where we live, um, you know, there's lots of things that change. And we may give ourselves different labels and, and different 
um, tags um, and we our character develops. But at the end of the day, our identity is in Christ and it's just a fact. Mm. I just love that verse that you chose earlier in uh, John chapter 1, that... Uh, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And uh, that's so true, isn't it? That's all we need to do is to claim that promise to believe in him and uh, claim uh, the promise, believe in his name, and we get a new identity as that's a child true. of God. Just like your mother recognised you, <laughs> yeah. uh, God recognises us. He's, he's constantly... Uh, seeking us and waiting for us, I guess, to turn to him and um, uh, believe in him. Now, next time you join us, uh, not sure exactly when that will be, but what will you have for us? Yes, I've got a a, um, a program called God Has the Answer. Awesome. And I've got a little miracle to, to share with you that happened also in Adelaide um, to do with my dad and a, a DVD um, that was broken and then miraculously became fixed awesome now uh, next week uh, we have Libby Hergenen back with us she's uh, done a previous program on the topic of health she'll be doing another one and uh, it'll be great to have her uh, next Friday on Connecting the Dots do join us on Monday as well with Encounters with Jesus Um, and remember the book offer for today the book title Authentic and it's Connect 14 0488 Have a great day wherever you are. This is My Faith Has Found a Resting Place by Mark Miller. My faith has found a resting place Not in device or creed I trust the ever-living one His wounds for me shall bleed Just bloody shed for me his life he gave.